I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and joining me as ever is Mr. Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. I've just decided I'm going to do the start this with my eyes closed. Okay. Well, how does to experience what it's like for the listener? Well, apparently, if you shut down one of your senses, the others become more heightened. Yeah. So this should I should be automatically more entertaining. Okay. <laughs> your your entertainment sense will be heightened. Is okay. it strange for you looking at me when? Well, you'd still look at me, or have you got your eyes closed as well? No, I'm still looking at you because I don't fully trust you. Do uh, you? <laughs> What with if you close your eyes? What I do? Yeah, I don't know how long it'll take for my other senses to compensate and for me to sort of see you in a sort of CGI way and be able to fend you off. You know? What? So you think uh, as soon as you close your eyes, I'm going to attack you? I don't know. I don't know. It might be some sort of ruse. But I've been coming around here for quite some time now, and have, have I ever shown you any proclivities? Is that the word? Proclivities. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess to if it was you? a sort of uh, near sexual desire to. Um, what does proclivity mean? Is it uh, sort your sort of, of an habits, urge? yeah, things you like to do. I bet you've never heard that. I've opened my eyes now because I'm so shocked. I used the long word, <laughs> but I don't think I've used that word if I hadn't had my eyes closed. Well, that's probably because your other senses were heightened. I bet no one's heard that in a podcast for a while. Proclivities. Today's film fandango word is proclivities. Try and use it in a sentence. Uh, we're going to be talking about some films. Specifically, Marek has seen a film that I've wanted to see. Lots of people in London, especially, have been saying, you must see this film. Um, it's really good. We should all talk about it. Yes. Uh, that film is? It's I, Daniel Blake. I, Daniel Blake. And what is this film, before we get this into it? This is Ken Loach's latest film. It's just the film equivalent of an essay on poverty... In, in Britain, two, in Britain, in 2016. Right. So, what's the story? The story is uh, Daniel Blake is a carpenter, and we join him as he is recovering from a heart attack, and he's no longer able to work, but he has to try and seek benefits. But because of all the red tape put in, and uh, it's just uh, an American company. Um, monitoring how well he is over the phone yes he's unable to get the benefits and starts to sort of struggle it's the aftermath yeah and he befriends a young girl well she's about in her early 20s 
in the job centre who's played by Hayley Squires who is exceptional in this film Hayley Squires yes. I don't know her What's and she she's got two children okay um, and he helps the, she is not, not, not given her benefit because she's late her bus is late and she's new to the area because she's been re- relocated from London to Newcastle because they've um, it's too expensive to house poor people in London okay so it is very much a uh, of the here and now uh, piece of work what is it like did you enjoy it did you learn stuff I found it profound it's very depressing and it's profoundly moving and I do think there's a huge problem that uh, in Britain with poverty mm. well I think the um, the split between the haves and you know the wealthy and the not yes. well, i.e. have you got a house or have you not got a house <laughs> Um, but it's uh, I just think it's it's it, it was so moving. I mean, the the, the comedian. I know that the bloke who plays um, Daniel Blake is a comedian who's been on the circuit. It's a side story. Um, who's called Dave Johns? Who's sort of a jobbing comic, right? Who's sort of a nice uh, bloke? You see, I've only met him a couple of times. He works in Newcastle circuit. But he does jonglers and all that stuff. So it was incredible to have see him have a break. So in a way, for comedians, it's strangely hopeful that someone who's just been there for years and years plugging away yes. suddenly gets a huge break and wins the Palm Door. Uh, so that's a separate thing. But in terms of, um, it's just really relevant about uh, about poverty. And it doesn't offer any solutions of how you deal with it. I just think it's a huge problem, and hopefully this film will inspire people to help more. I think it does make you want to go and give food to a, a food bank and um, help people who are really poor, which I would do if I wasn't so skint myself. <laughs> well, you pay rent in London. I mean, that's an yeah. impossible um, thing. Hayley Squires is incredible. I think uh, it's quite... It's sort of a matter-of-fact film. Right. There's no sort of flourishes or, you know, like flamboyant to it. It's just... Here's a problem. Here's an insight into the people's lives, the sort of brutal normality and the problems you, they face. And there's one scene everyone talks about where Hayley Squires goes to a food bank, and it's it's just a moment when you're so. I cried about three or four times. I spoke to a couple of friends, and they found it really, really uh, upsetting film. Um, but I. I don't know if... Hopefully it will have an effect, but I don't know what the effect will be. Well, because there does seem to be a problem, um, generally in Britain, with empathy for for other human beings at the moment. Like, everyone is feeling the slight pinch of the recession and therefore is sort of, well, fuck everybody who isn't me. There seems... I don't know how we got here quite, but we do seem to... I think it's just overcrowded. The whole place is... The problem is... I'm sorry to get all. Um, I don't really want to ever get get political at all. I think, but interesting when I went to America, you just see this huge amount of space there, mm. and in Australia, the space. Britain's overcrowded. There aren't enough houses um, for people, you know, which is, and they can't. Pay, the rents are extortionate, so everyone who hasn't got houses just totally. And they screwed. can charge what they like because you can either live there or lump yeah, it. I think, yeah, I think, ho- I think housing should never be an industry. I think it should be one house per person. It should never be a, a way of people making money out of other people. Mm. shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It's just every one person 
one house. You can have a massive house if you like. Yeah. That's fine. But one person, one house. Hello, buddy. Um, but and here comes Buddy in from his walk. Oh, I needed cheering up, Buddy, and you've certainly done that. But he's a good boy. <laughs> buddy is um, a, a dog, as you can probably hear from that shaking. Yeah, there he goes. Uh, I, I was describing for any new listeners, but I mean, I doubt there are any. No, no. But there may be some people who've forgotten who he is. There he is, drinking there. Um, <laughs> he adds a certain uh, humanity, uh, ironically, to this to this podcast. That uh, you know, it's sort of mundane domesticity to it. You know, context. Yeah. He's very thirsty. Yeah. Um, well, back to our Daniel Blake. Yes. Uh, it just, I think, it inspires you to ask a lot of questions and have this debate. Who's going to go and see it though? Is it on general release? Is it's it... on general release, and I I normally go on Mondays to um, the Crouch End Picture House because they do an offer there which is cheaper on the Mondays. Right. And out of all the Mondays I've been, which is quite a few this year, mm. this was the fullest I'd seen in the cinema. Right. A lot of old people, and I live in Muswell Hill, where a lot of the richer old people there. Okay. So I hope they felt guilty about all the houses and money that they've got. <laughs> but do they like Ken Loach films, old people? I should think so, because I think Cathy Come Cam- Home was a sort of big... Which I, I've only seen bits of, which was a huge sort of social... Was was how he became famous, wasn't it? With a, was that Ken Loach? I'm I mean, sure I'm was. not a big... It's Kez is the one I think of when I think of Ken Loach, but... That was the big sort of social... Um, a film of its time when was that the 1950s sorry about this I, I, I need to look up on uh... well, Kez was in uh, was in 69 yeah Cafe Come Home was a play that he was famous for in, in 1966 which everyone right. talks about about this uh, uh, woman who loses her home and child and the welfare system screwed and it's fascinating that 50 years later <laughs> he's making the same film or film with similar film for themes yeah apologies for my poor description of that it feel it feels uh, so relevant that you know I, I feel almost bad that I haven't seen it as well I mean we tend to see different things each but um, I, I would like to see this one because it yeah it just feels like there's something very very wrong and if and if a filmmaker as talented as he is is managing to sort of put a finger on it and go there look at it look at it and empathise for god's sake I think that because he just makes the way he does it he just shoots the film without like I said before there's no extra style to it it's just here is the brutal reality Yes, it becomes so much more powerful because it's verging on a sort of almost a fly on the wall documentary uh, really Mm, right it's you know you're just following these people and seeing inside their life what they're doing uh, and how they're helping each other out at times you think, oh, maybe are they a bit too saintly? These characters—that's the one thing. It's always tricky, that, isn't it? Because, yeah. Because if it's not autobiographical, it's very easy to sort of over-sentimentalise or oversimplify or or um, or make things grimmer than they actually are because you're imagining. I mean, I think people have levied that accusation at Mike Lee a bit. But, yeah. Uh, who you know does similar sort of British working class. But, family thing I'm still thinking about it really and I haven't really that's three or four days ago normally I have formulated my opinion mm. but I don't really know what my opinion is other than it's made me feel a little bit more depressed than I was already okay but do you feel more connected to reality even though you're more depressed you know the reality you inhabit yeah I just it just makes you think that 
life is quite tough and shit apart from for very few select people maybe I don't know let's not bring everyone down anyway right. I think it's an important film okay uh, how many married I give it uh, probably in terms of nine brilliant nine marriages. Uh, right Daniel Blake and I think you should go in uh, it's the most compelling film I've seen this year it wasn't the most enjoyable time I've had in the cinema but some films have just have got a, a powerful message to them. Great, great. Well, I'm, I'm going to try and check it out. If anyone's seen it as well and would like to add your thoughts, then why not uh, get in contact with us? You can go to filmfandango.co.uk and fill out the form there. Um, and pe- some people have already done that, which is why I think it's probably time for this. Here's a letter from James. Dear Film Fandazzlers. It's a new one. Hmm. Hope you're well. The last time I wrote to you, I was quite drunk, so forgotten I'd done it. It was a pleasant or mortifying surprise to hear you read it out on the podcast. I think this could be a new game. Listeners watch a film while drinking heavily, write an email to you, and then tune in on Friday to hear what what they've written and see if they agree still. Just a thought. That would be interesting, It yeah. would be interesting, yeah. Well, purely for the uh, you, the listener. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's a game for one person. However, I had to write in this time about a very sobering and important film I've just watched on Netflix called The 13th. It takes its name from the constitutional amendment that freed the US slaves. The film explores the damning caveat in the amendment that stipulates that basically criminals can still be treated as slaves. From this, it explores the history of the criminalisation of an entire race of supposedly free people. As you can imagine, it's powerful, uncomfortable viewing. However, it takes on a new light when, towards the end of the film, it takes footage of the historical abuse and lynchings that we, the viewer, already saw at the start of the film, but this time with a VO of Donald Trump at his rallies talking about how we treated activists in the good old days. I'm used to seeing Trump clips intercut with a trendy late-night US talk show host coming back with a zinger. To see it in this context is all too real and all too terrifying. It's filmmaking at its most powerful. I implore you and your listeners to watch it. I understand this might be too long to get read out, but even if this email means you two get to watch it, it's worth it. Keep up the top work, lads, and KWTF. Keep it's that's keep not, watching I, the films. Yeah, it's easier to say that. Keep watching the films, James. Thank you, James. The thirteenth, which is now on Netflix. This is turning into a really bleak I mean, episode, isn't it, it? And with the film I've watched, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> so this is a reality one. This is not an escapism episode, I'm afraid. Yeah, I mean, listen to this if you want to make your life worse. I know, or you know, or you know, grow up, get serious. This is the serious episode. I've got one. But, okay, yep. Yeah. <laughs> My letter, that is. Okay. Oh, did you, sorry, did you want to carry on talking about serious stuff? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm feeling like I'm getting in the groove of being well, serious. Well, it's not part of it. <laughs> this is from Tyler Rundle. Subject, Swiss Army Man. Good, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm very interesting to what he... Oh, he said um, in David's best James Mason voice. Oh, do you want me to do James Mason? Well, I yeah. mean, I don't really have a best James Mason. Well, second voice. best. I have an A James Mason. Okay. Well, I don't. I have my impression of Eddie Izzard doing James Mason. 
Okay. Uh, Tyler says, Hello, Merrick, David, and Buddy, and sometimes Danielle. I heard you hadn't yet seen Swiss Army Man and wanted to get the word out. I found it funny, crass, moving, inventive, very odd, and I loved every minute. At its heart, Swiss Army Man is a poignant look at the relationships we have with others and how they are affected by societal norms. However, woven throughout is a self-knowing that let... Mm. However, woven throughout is a self-knowing that never lets any moment become too up its own ass. It's obvious from the start that Radcliffe and Dano had great fun making this film. Their chemistry, together with the soundtrack, really drives home much of the comedy and emotion. It's a just world. The soundtrack itself would receive serious awards consideration. That should probably be, if in a just world. Oh, I didn't read it right. Sorry, it's me, James Mason. <laughs> I've been dead a while. Is he dead? I don't know. Yes. Probably. I'm dead. Okay. Back to the letter. In a just world, the soundtrack itself would receive serious awards consideration. Overall, I simply fell in love with how much Swiss Army Man launches itself headfirst into this Charlie Kaufman-esque stream of consciousness, world of self-exploration. I give it a full 10 out of 10 Tylers. My favorite film of the year so far. I look forward to your thoughts on it. Keep watching the films. Sincerely, your friend from Austin, Texas. It's supposed to be very nice in Austin, Texas. Is it? I've yeah. never been. To, I've, I've only. I've, I've read only, about it. Yeah, I got out at um, uh, of the airport on a connecting flight. Uh, that's as close to, uh, to Texas as I've been. Oh, David. Yeah, yeah. Weirdly, though, connecting flights. Uh, I wasn't supposed to be in the country. Certainly, didn't have a visa to be in America. Just wandering around because it was for five hours. I found myself outside. Really? It's weird, isn't it? First thing I saw. White stretch limo, fat guy in a Stetson. Yes. <laughs> um, we, we, well, Tyler sent that email before the episode we talked about, just before uh, um, Swiss Army Man a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago now. A very good film. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I am glad Tyler enjoyed that one. I'm, yeah, it's uh, you enjoyed it. I'm trying to remember what you thought of it. Yes, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really inventive. Yeah. Um, one more? Sure. This is the subject. This is from Martin um, Lowcock. The Siege of Jadotville. Dear Marek, David and Buddy, I watched Kajaki on your recommendation and agreed that it is a gripping watch. There's a similar film... Sorry, I'm reading this really badly. There's a similar feel to The Siege of Jadotville, now on Netflix, about Irish UN peacekeepers caught up in the Congo Civil War. The action scenes are tense and thrilling, but the film is let down by weak characterisation and lack of political context. Seven out of ten, Martins. Keep watching the films. Martin. Thanks, Martin. Yes, Kajaki, if you haven't listened to that episode, we're, um, is also called Kilo 2 Bravo and is a uh, fairly low-budget uh, independent British film about squaddies in Afghanistan. Very and good. It's almost like a locked-door uh, or bottle episode, as we call them, or you know, locked door film. It's in one location basically, but it's excellent. That location just happens to be outdoors. Um, it's it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's it's. Um, I was quite surprised because the start, you think I, I don't know why. Whenever I see this film, lots of British actors, and it looks low budget at the start, I think I'm just going to be really shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad you have confidence in the British uh, yeah. filmmaking system. 
let's do one more, shall we? Yeah, why not? Oscar Doughty's written in. Oscar so, Doughty? Yeah. It's a uh, good name. He's very good. Subject. It sounds like a parody account of uh, someone it who maybe, trolls the Oscars. Maybe, well, maybe. He's got the subject, he's written his podcast question. I like that. You know exactly what you're getting there. Podcast question. Um, hi, Marek and David and Buddy, the dog. Just watched Marek's latest video upload, so please could I have this read out in an American Chinese accent? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's American Chinese? Have you done that on one of your videos? Well, it's just American, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't do any Chinese in that. Fi- I did a video when I wasn't doing a Chinese accent. <laughs> you did one video where you weren't doing a Chinese well, accent? Well, most of them are not doing All of my videos are not doing a Chinese accent. <laughs> or you're doing a really bad one. Yeah. I was just wondering what film from your student days you still rate. For me, it's Bad Boy Bubby, a film that as a youth I used to clear, clear my flat of hangers on after a weekend of dirty habits. Oh, I, I read hangers if it was like... Yeah, no, hangers. hangers on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> would clear his flat of hangers after a weekend of dirty habits. I put a comma... <laughs> I mean, you've made it sound like he was getting into autoerotic asphyxiation yeah, or I, something. I mean, again. Yeah. For me, it's Bad Boy Bubby, a, a <laughs> film that as a youth, I used to clear my flat of hangers on after a weekend of dirty habits. Right. They just didn't like the weird... Incest and cats wrapped in cling film. Cats wrapped in cling film. What's wrong with me? If you haven't seen it, please do. Um, yes. I have not... Uh, oh, P.S. Keep watching the films and making the weird vlog, Marek. Well, it's not weird. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of Bad Boy Bubby. No. And what what dirty habits need hangers-on? I mean, I'm fast- there's a mystery surrounding this entire email. <laughs> Bad boy, Bubby. I'm putting in into my IMDb. It's taking a long while to come up. Here's the here's the, the is, brief blurb of it. Bubby spent thirty years trapped in the same small room, tricked by his mother. One day, he manages to escape. <clears throat> um, Deranged and naive. In and equal measures, his adventure into modern life begins. Well, I'm fascinated by Bad Boy Bubby. It sounds like. Uh, Oscar-winning film, The Room. It's got seven point five <laughs> on um, IMDb. Well, they're from nine and a half thousand votes. I've never heard of this. From nineteen ninety-three. Wow! We'll check that out. Nine wins, three award nominations. Uh, so, you won quite a few um, weird festivals. Okay. Bad Boy Bubby. Very interesting. It does sound like something you'd like. Why? It's got cats wrapped in cling film in it. Yeah, why would that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, if you'd like to uh, write to us and have your letter read out on the program, we're running a bit light on emails again. As I said at the beginning of this section, just go to filmfandango.co.uk and you can get in contact with us from there. Um, now, I've seen a film this week, Marek. Mm-hmm. I saw a film that came out this year. It did do the cinema runs, and then it's uh, just come on to paid-for uh, uh, streaming services. It's My Scientology Movie by Louis Theroux. Is it an actual film, or is it one of his documentary things? Oh, it's a documentary, feature-length documentary. Okay. Um, whether it warrants a cinema release is a question. But basically... What it is, is he sets out to make a documentary about the Church of Scientology. Unlike previous ones, he, according to 
his introduction anyway, he doesn't set out to just sort of do a stitch up like Louis Theroux often does. He's just interested in finding out, however weird, who these people are. He's normally a bit like Columbo, isn't he, in terms of yeah. tending to be quite stupid and asking questions. And just lets them sort of spin on the spot, you know. Yeah. And, of course, as you'd expect, he gets almost zero access. And so he tries to work out a way he could still film a film about Scientology and ends up uh, finding one of the sort of the ex-second in command of the Church of Scientology who's since uh, escaped it all and is now one of their harshest critics and has written books about it and uh, recreates some of the scenes uh, the, from the more you know sinister sides of science with other actors, yeah, with actors. So he they, he casts them and he does all of this. Oh, I would like to have done that job. Well, it was in LA at the time. Oh yeah, okay. Um, but uh, and of course the usual happens that they start getting trailed by uh, Scientologists who uh, start badgering them and trying to intimidate them and psychologically. Uh, make their lives misery to try and get them off the uh, to, to stop criticising them the usual stuff now there was a high profile book and film about the Church of Scientology an expose called Going Clear that I've also seen and I think I've talked about on this podcast in fact. Yeah. and that for me was you know a real eye opener of just with clarity the dark recesses of this enormous cult and if you haven't seen Going Clear, my Scientology movie, I think, would be equally fascinating. I, oh, I see. I it's see. a little more quirky and funny, um, and Louis Theroux-y, and as, as such, it's a little more meandery. Um, but the information is, is there, and the, uh, the people who were part of it, giving their accounts of it, is all there. Um, but he just... It's one of those occasions where he just doesn't get the events happening that make for a truly great film um it, it it's the stuff but it never reaches those heights of you know like tension or something completely weird happening or whatever i think this has got a cinema release because going clear was successful i think it's just oh, right. an attempt to sort of i was surprised it yeah it got a cinema release yeah. but if it, was, it sounds more like a TV, didn't it? Well, yeah, and it would work well on TV, you know. It feels like another episode of what he does, but I assume it took a lot longer to make than his normal TV ones because he usually, with TV, picks a no- knowingly weird group of people and then follows them yeah. around for a bit, where with this, it's survivors of a knowingly weird group of people he can't get close to. Like, he goes several times to the uh, the outside of the headquarters compound with its razor wire and its cameras and it's you know lights and within seconds of them turning up there's always somebody who says they're trespassing and they have to leave or they're going to call the cops and all of this like it's very aggressive very very aggressive but i think i learnt more watching going clear and you're a scientologist now right i am yes no i believe that uh, i am a thetan and this is only one of my uh, physical forms and i will go into another one once this one is that what they believe in yeah yeah I don't really know what it is. So they've got different physical forms. Well, it was invented by L. Ron Hubbard, who was a yeah. sci-fi writer. Um, and so, Sorry, not invented. The, it was, uh, the truth was given to us by L. Ron Hubbard, who was previously made up bullshit about space shit. And uh, then he spoke the truth. 
And uh, well, there's hope for everyone, it, I suppose. There is, there is. But basically, it, it comes down to uh, a process they call auditing, where you uh, accountancy. No, but it's re- the word is related, but it's auditing of your emotional states, basically, where you are interviewed holding a rudimentary lie detector, so they can tell basically when you are when you are stressed. So, oh, that's when you go down Tottenham Court Road and they say, "Would well, you want a personality test?" That's what they're doing. So basically, that's the first level, and that's what people find good because as soon as you say something where there's tension in your body, they push you on it until the needle doesn't even flick anymore. So actually. They're not really getting you to address your problems. They're getting you to uh, numb your reaction to those problems. They're getting you to um, be desensitised to your problems rather than solve them. Which is why the adherents all seem to have a sort of sociopathic stare to them. (laughs) Because they've just been numb to stimulus, you know, in their own internal So someone just said to me, so someone said to me like going in and saying, oh, I look like a potato... A hundred yeah. times. Well, yeah. Well, yes. Or or something that you're less willing to share on a podcast immediately off your own back. You know, so more more of the darker stuff that you don't talk about. I don't, I don't like hoovering. Well, I, well, that's that's another thing. But, I mean, it would be something like they would stumble across something by accident in this process and the needle would go whoop and they go, oh, that's interesting. So how often do you touch cat's bum? Why well, don't I hoover it? <laughs> see, see, and the needle will be going crazy now because oh, right. you know you're panicking a bit. All I said was that I like the cat's bum hole in that <laughs> pets thing because it was grey and the bum hole was pink. Yeah, but in real life, I've got no uh, inclination to touch cats. Well, you see, I don't have a lie detector hole. here, so I can't tell if you're telling the truth or not. Well, you, I know you have in to my go heart. down to Tottenham Court Road. I know in my heart down to their Dianetics Centre and go. And so take my friend accused me of. <laughs> Wanting to touch a, a, a cat's bum hole, and they on, go on pre-recorded on a pre-recorded podcast. Can you can you, listen to can you leave our building, please? Today we don't need your money. Really? Um, but it, there's tiers of it and levels, and it would cost you to get to the top level anything from half a million to two million dollars. Oh, what you, in, in what's classes the top? and stuff? Okay. Um, but anyway, there's there's plenty to learn about it. But it, it it's basically see it's it's actually really a character piece about the ex enforcer of the Church in Scientology, who's the guy who's moved on since, and his life is still ruined by them on a yearly basis. And uh, the head of the church who took over after the death of Elron Hubbard, which is David Miscavige, and uh, he seems like a deeply sinister. But there, it's it's interesting. If you're interested in Scientology and what it what's going on, then it it's it's a interesting and entertaining enough film. But I would recommend going clear over this film. What you, I really like Louis Theroux, but yeah. I don't know if I like this. Sort of per, his documentaries it's sort of odd because I think they're half entertaining, but I never think they're really because he's a sort of, they're never wholly factual. They're, they're, what do you mean? They feel about him just sort of going, exploring something. It's a lot of it. It's his personality and his sort of take on it, and it's not really in the science in the area of science. Or it just feels that he's sort of bumbling around. Well, he's just asking questions, and then you get to see what people's answers are. And I suppose that way, he never he's never polemic. 
because he's just aren't asking yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. He's asking them to bring their own version of events forward, and then you get a meta narrative by what makes them tense and what they're happy to talk about. You know, you know, he was friends with Adam and Joe. Yeah, yeah, school. they all went to school together. There's a great video of the three of them dancing uh, from yeah. when they were kids in like. Joe's Kitchen or something. He's off and on uh, uh, Adam Buxton's podcast, which I highly recommend listening to. Yeah, the Louis Theroux episodes are really funny. Have you listened to the Louis Theroux episode of Richard Herring's podcast? Yes, I think so. Because Richard gets quite uncomfortable because Louis doing his interviewing technique on him and yeah. getting him to open up about stuff. It's good. Anyway, we can recommend other podcasts, I guess. Yeah, hey, sure. Sean, why not? Oh, I did a guest spot on another film podcast. Oh, yeah, which one? Which well, I can recommend, because it's, um, it's they're, they're going through doing watching all of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Oh, this films. one. You did a guest spot on it. Which film did you talk about? I had to watch Maggie, which was a zombie film. Oh, yeah. That's recent, isn't it? Or... Yeah, it was, um, which is a film trying to make a point about I go into about terminal illness really and making about zombies but the problem was it was about zombies so it sort of failed yeah yeah but you can hear my it's called The Arnithology and a very nice gentleman but we sat and we recorded it over Skype yeah looking at each other and then sending the recordings off so it's different so it's that's weird isn't it I've done a podcast an American podcast called International Waters a couple of times and oh yeah do that over Skype and it is quite difficult with when you can't look at each other which brings us back to I'm glad you opened your eyes again because otherwise oh, it's a bit like that. Skype yeah, yeah. If, I mean if we'd closed our eyes for the whole of this and occasionally just get, get, get that's very much like Skype. Yeah, that would have been exactly like it. Well. Let's not do it. Let's wrap this up, shall we? Sure. Um, that's enough for this week. Um, yeah, I'd probably give my Scientology movie... Oh, sorry. Six Davids. Watch the other one. Watch Going Clear, I'd say. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. But um, it, it doesn't... Reality did not provide the story he was looking for. I've said the website several times now, but here it is again, filmfandango.com. And uh, we also do this for free. So if you go to our website, you can click the donate button um, and help us out so we can continue to do it. Everyone who has done, thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. Don't feel that... I mean, if you do donate, you will instantly feel much better about yourself. Yes, yes. That's right. Um, And if... If this serious episode has a message, it's that we need to be more giving, isn't it? That's, uh, yes. Of ourselves. That is what I... Dan- the point of I, Daniel Blake, was to donate money to film Fandango. That's right. So you don't need to go watch it now. Um, we've told you what the film was about. So thanks for doing that immediately. All right, everyone. Okay. I hope you enjoy your lives. Keep watching, watching the films. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.